Welcome in, everybody, to the Power Option Podcast. Just running the damn ball from west to east here again uh, for the week 10. Going to get into all of the good stuff that happened. Garrett, how are you? Oh, well, you know, the season is starting to wind down. It is currently, what, Wednesday? Wednesday night. And uh, as we speak, I believe the Toledo Rockets are clinching the west side of the MAC. In an absolute just blowout of Eastern Michigan. Mm. Uh, at all Mac Wednesday. That, yeah. Uh, also, I believe that if New Mexico State wins this week, they clinch their trip to the conference championship game to face Liberty because Jacksonville State's not eligible, God. even though they're tied to 5-1 in the conference, which is a little sad. Jacksonville State absolutely earned it. I don't understand any of this, but I'm not going to get mad about it. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. But we're getting into some clinching scenarios, at least. Yeah, and look, I'll t- I'll, the fact that we've talked about um, New Mexico State as much as we have is crazy, and uh, I want to let it ride, you know? I just want to... Yeah, I'm great. Okay. It's super exciting yeah, yeah. That, that, that this is happening for them, so... Unfortunate for the other, for the only other team named Gamecocks that they couldn't make it in uh, for whatever randomness that, yeah, that, that that happened, but an interesting end of the conference USA. I mean, it really doesn't matter because Liberty is going to trounce whoever they play, but... Sure, but I think Jacksonville State certainly could... Could have given them a game, but you don't think New Mexico State? New Mexico State will. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, well, hopefully, I mean, you know, the fact that I'm I'm this excited for Conference USA also makes me happy because to see it would be crazy to see New Mexico State just go in there and beat Liberty a team. Yeah, then they they probably should. Sure, that'd be pretty nuts. Uh, Yeah, like New Mexico State is certainly not bad. They've done quite a job um, this year. Um, but I don't. I mean, they're. I don't think they're on Jacksonville's level, which means they're definitely not on Liberty's level. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like you said, it's it's winding down. It's gonna. The fact that we're seeing some interesting scenarios makes me happy. I feel like this season has been has been a lot of that. Um, more than more than we've seen over the over the past you know couple of years of the of the college football playoff. Um, and this is actually a good um, segue because I, I do want to talk about the college football playoff. I, I think I think mm-hmm. it, we should we should still ha- preface it by saying it still really doesn't matter the rankings. Like we're we're not there, but it does matter slightly more. We're kind of getting, you know, we're we're moving along in this whole in this whole pace. So we still have quite a few rankings that we're going to see, and it still doesn't matter. But it is going to be, um, it is um, interesting how some things shook out. Not nothing nothing major happened, but um, good to talk about. But before we get into it, I did kind of want to talk to you about about the AP poll because in mm-hmm. in my college football lifetime, the only thing that has really stayed around and stayed consistent is AP's top 25 poll. Uh, it's the thing that I, you know, I'm, if I want some level of uh, consistency, um, I'm looking at the AP, I'm looking at where these guys, where these journalists from across the nation are, are voting and how they're putting teams up. And it's, it's not always vibed with the, uh, with, with the particular championship of the day. Obviously we had the BCS rankings, um, Back before, back in the early, you know, in the early two thousands, late nineties, I think. I don't know when the BCS started mm-hmm. actually, and and then and then we can. Nineteen ninety seven, I think, was the last game of the of the non BCS era, the last championship yeah. of the non BCS era. I think maybe ninety eight was when the BCS happened. Nice. Okay. Cool. And and so then we moved into that system where we had the BCS ranking, and then now 
we have the college football playoff ranking, which both of those things sat outside the AP poll. Um, but we still always utilize the AP poll as this that the barometer of, of ranking and, and maybe the barometer of us deciding if a team is good or not. Do you think that in that we've the college football in general has been flawed that we haven't utilized the AP as the championship barometer more heavily than we had in then then let's say the BCS or the college football playoff rankings no because the BCS had the computers um, had the computer polls as a, as a part of it so uh, I think <clears throat> I truly believe that the AP poll is a good ranking of teams right just a ranking of team uh, i'm not even going to necessarily say they're a good ranking they are a ranking of teams that all it is is advertisement to the sport right there's no real true value to the ap top 25 except of course there was when the winner the, the number one team in the ap poll was called a national champion right um so i uh, here's the tricky part I think, I, this is my hottest take, I think <laughs> that go. there should not be a poll by the people picking the teams going to the playoff. There shouldn't be one. Now, I know why there's one, but you get they put themselves in a hole by showing their rankings when they should just, when it comes time, they should just pick the teams they're picking. Right now, obviously, that takes away the whole pomp and circumstance of it, and it means that it's harder to tell, like what they're doing. But I don't think it improves the process any to have them be doing a full twenty-five team ranking. I think they should just take whatever polls and rankings and everything that's available, and then use whatever they want to use. And then in a fourteen playoff, you pick the four teams, and then you pick the New Year's Day teams you pick whatever you have to pick you just pick them and the ap poll is still the week-to-week poll of the day where that poll doesn't necessarily connect to the rankings and it's kind of a fun thing when you get to the picking portion to see what they pick versus what the ap poll is and maybe have a different conversation there now that all being said i think that as long as you have a like-minded group of people, whether it's the AP or it's a playoff ranking team, then that's fine. Having the AP poll just have more people in it, just in a general sense, is nice um, to maybe to maybe sort out some weirdness. But I don't, I don't think that it's more valuable than the playoff ranking poll. I, I, I don't, I, and when I came into this conversation, I didn't really, or when I posed this question or thought to pose this question to you, I didn't, I didn't really have, I, I didn't think I was going to have a, a de- debate for you on whatever side that you took. And I, and the one that you, the, the one that you're taking here, I, I, I don't disagree with. Like I, I like the, again, the AP poll has been the only consistent thing about college football in my in the time since I've been a really a really big college football fan, it's the only thing that was that's really really stayed. I mean, I guess outside of you know bowls maybe, um, and 
And so it's in, and as a fan, if I'm trying to just be a little silly about this, or maybe not so silly is not the right word, but if I'm trying to be a little bit more casual about this, as a fan, I enjoy, I enjoy having access to it or it being there even if its motives are for advertising advertisement it's still because because it's been around so long and because the system generally doesn't change I, at least my feeling of the system generally doesn't change from year to year like i'm always okay using it as my barometer for do i believe a team is good now sure and and so and that's a conversation you and i regularly have it's just a conversation that i think that has to, it has to happen in football um, is is this team really good or not? Because we don't get football doesn't have the luxury of having as many games as as the rest of the major sports. So we have to really decide week to week is it. And then also we have that stat that I, I bring up pretty regularly is is are you good today? And so you can't right. you know maybe we know Ohio State's good, but are they good today? That's going to make the difference between them overall being good. And so having the AP allows me. I mean, maybe it's just the conversation of, and maybe that gives me some some level of calmness. Calmness, but it's like it allows for me to be able to bounce my idea off of: Is this team good? And and so, as I think about it more, the BCS and the college football playoff, and and also why I was thinking about this is like it just seems it seems silly to me if if we're going to be in this scenario where we're picking. Right. Whether that's a rankings thing to to get publicity about the sport or just, oh, we just need to pick so that we can have teams in bowls and just pick them as we need to pick them. Um, if we're going to be in that system versus being in a system where it's it's all the conference champions against one another, you know, against one another in a in a season ending tournament, which I think is really the ultimate the, really the best case because that's everybody's playing everybody in their respective conferences and then they get to play each other towards the end. I guess maybe there's still some ranking there, but, but it's, uh, if, since we're not in that world and we are in a ranking world, in my mind, it seems like we've had the one that's been around for as long as it's been around. Why not keep utilize, why not utilize it for that, for that larger piece? But I, I see your point though, too. It's like, it doesn't, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, uh, vague or, you know, sort of like, how can we really say? And if, and if we, you know, even just looking at the top four of the college football playoff rankings right now, Ohio State being number one, Georgia being two, Michigan being three, and Florida State being four, which isn't any, any change from, from the last week, I don't think. And, uh, and, and really, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter because, yes, these are the, the top four. I'm willing to say that. Uh, most likely, maybe, maybe the top six is more comfortable. The formation of them really matters a lot less. So, so yeah, I mean, if we're going to go with pick them, then, yeah, maybe we should just need to pick them and let it be done. But it, since we're not in that scenario, the AP has been here. Yeah, I think my problem, it's not a problem. Again, again, I don't think this matters in the grand scheme of things. But the problem is, the ultimately, I think if you want to have a ranking or selection, I, I, I think because of the nature of, of the poll, I guess that's the reason why you have both a ranking. You, you want to have a ranking because you need to know who the highest ranking group of five is. And you need to know, there's a few things you need to know. Again, they could just pick them at the end of the year, but it, it's reasonable for them to have a list every week. And then if you decide that they're going to have a list every week, they might as well release it. But uh, the difference between the playoff committee and the AP is that the playoff committee's job specifically is 
to know who the top 25 teams are and also to make that list because it's important. The AP voters' job is to pick the best 25 teams in the country, but they don't necessarily need to or do know all 25 of those teams. You know, like the, the, the AP writer for Akron is probably not paying as much attention or paying way more attention, either one or the other, than the AP writer of, of nationally, about the national teams in the country than the AP writer of Tennessee, who is paying more or less attention. Where theoretically, your playoff, your playoff group is, is ADs, and that's what they are, is athletic directors of schools, is to say, okay, we actually specifically need to be picking the top 25 teams important and important we have to pay, we have to pay attention to the top 25 best teams we don't have the luxury of not we're in the ap poll especially because there's so much voters you kind of do if you fuck up the bottom six teams you mix them up because you haven't paid attention and i've i've seen this there's somebody makes a graphical sheet of all of the t the voters votes as it goes across a bar with images and you see like somebody will just have Alabama number one and somebody will just have you know Louisville number two or whatever and I think that's okay I don't have a problem with it as long as we all know that that's kind of part of the game then that's why the AP poll has to be separate so I guess my, my debate is <clears throat> why not why not two things well first thing is why not just Instead of creating this new system, which obviously we're in now, and it can't be removed or whatever, but had we prior to the playoff, instead of getting a playoff committee said, said to all the voters, if you are going to vote on this, you need to know that your vote is... It, you need to check those boxes of you have to do this based on where where these teams should end at the end of the season, yeah. and then they just they just won't. But here's the problem. They the, just won't. Like, second, Hall of Fame baseball voters don't do that shit. Well, yeah, they, and but, they have but, the most important vote. But my second, but my, but but either does the college football playoff committee. They they don't they haven't they haven't shown there's been multiple years throughout that is that shown not the best for I mean that year that Michigan State got in was a travesty there was absolutely no reason for that they got blown they got their faces blown out in that first in that you know in that first round there's no need for that and so so it happens in the college football playoff too and then my and my second debate is you if we're going to have which we have way more voters in doing for the AP if if they're all being directed at that. If you now have a vote, this is you need to do it in the way that that has to be that it has to be meant for the end of the year, that that the democratic nature of those collective, whether it be an, a person from Akron, um, Akron, a person from Iowa or a person from Arizona, like that that even though they're all going to be different, the collective nature of that will give us those, you know, give us the uh, the, you know, like the the group bias maybe not the group bias but like we'll have we'll have large numbers to be able to say if if this team really is or not because yeah there might be one guy who thinks Alabama should be number 1 but there's there's not going to be a ton of no, ton of guys that think Alabama is going to be number one, but I bet there's going to be a ton of guys that think Georgia should be number one and that would that should relay in the in the democratic voting of it. Yeah, but my point is not whether it's whether it's going to be more correct or not. That doesn't matter. It can't be correct because they're just picking. You're right, very and true. There's no chance that no matter even if you even if you got the best group of people you could get, it's not going to be picked right. But 
and and you're not wrong about the democratic nature of how it's going to to fall out and whatever but the ap voters have are not actually vested in the in in the integrity of the sport, no matter if they want to be or not, they just don't have to be. But are the college they're, football they're playoff associated price writers? Well, but it it doesn't matter if they are. It just matters that they're supposed to be. So can we? Can right? we they do are the, same the thing ads for the AP, of schools. So they, if anybody is, they have to be. If nobody is, that's okay. They might not be as well as the AP voters, but they're supposed to be. So it's much easier for me to say, you know what, whether they are or not doesn't matter. These are the most supposed to be people. So if they're not, then it's no different than the eight people. Then it doesn't matter which one you use. But if they are, then that's why it would matter. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. And 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 I would because yes, because of the ads and the nature of that, like it's more likely than them or than than some random journalist from be from from a directional part of Mich Michigan um, deciding sure. you know what it should be. I, I I can I can definitely agree with that. But I think you know sure. we could bend it to be able to say we could we could require the AP voters to, you know, hold themselves to a higher level of integrity um, and then use the democratic nature and then also have act, have access to this poll that everybody has, everybody who's come in contact with college football over the last 50, 60 years or something like that. I don't know how long the AP has been around, a long, very long time, obviously, before I was born. And so it's like in that time, like that has been, that has been, at least some level of, of consistency. So why not use that thing that we always talk about every year versus make new things that essentially are trying to do maybe not the same thing, maybe a more pointed thing as you're, as you're saying, but like they, you know, still, still essentially trying to figure out who is the best team in the country and who is the best team, who yeah. is the next best team that they should play. No, and I don't. I don't like to say in in for, for in the heart of it, you're not wrong. Like, there's no reason that the AP poll really is any tr real difference. It's gonna be it's gonna be random in in positive and negative ways, in any other way that it's gonna be. But I think if you if if you if you're the NCAA and you're above board and you're honestly above board, mm -hmm. you would say <laughs> we have the AP poll if we could, if we could know that. as a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have the AP poll NCAA, as a week honestly. to week. Yeah, a week-to-week -week machine that motivates the fan. Here's here's another thing. You, you there's a there's a reason why the playoff rankings start so late. You also don't want to be necessarily using a poll that starts preseason, right? Because it that has its own biases built in. Now again, I'm obviously not saying that the playoff rankings don't also have their own right, biases right. built in because they do 100%. But the, when you have the bias starting at week eight versus the bias starting at preseason week one. It's it's just that if I have to take all of the pros and cons and I have to say, look, if these two things are equal and I'm above board in the NCAA, I say, look, <laughs> my playoff my playoff ranking picking teams should be the subject matter experts. So they really should be the ones that are saying Who's what? Now, if they decided to say, you know what, we've decided that the AP is our subject matter network and the numbers and all that stuff, all that stuff is in play, then that's fine. But just like college basketball has a selection committee that doesn't get it right all the time, that fails a lot right. in the middle. And and the when we get to the to the twelve team, there's probably gonna be some real questions at nine and ten and eleven and twelve. Right. right? There's gonna be a one team up but that's part of it too. That's kind of gonna be the part of the fun is that 
is going to be some bullshit going down. Right, right. And so they say, and so then when you throw in the, okay, we need it to be, and the NCAA, when they choose, they do it for everything. So again, being above board, the NCAA says, we're going to do this the way we do everything, which is we have a committee, they pick. The committee is supposed to be the most vested people in our sport and the experts that are above board. Then I go, okay, that's the one I'm going to pick, even if it's not, air quotes, better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I, uh, yeah, I, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, both, both sides of this that we're talking about, and, and that's even to say that we're on opposite sides of it is like, it's like yeah. both are, both are like valid. It's just, as I was looking at the, the college football playoff rankings, you know, before we started recording, it just like came to me. It's, it's a very odd thing. So, so um, we could talk about this for the rest of our lives, obviously, and I want to talk about some games because we had, a, we had ourselves a nice little week here. Um, but but it's but it's interesting and so and this uh I, I, this can be a primer for the next conversation that we're gonna have that is that will take up our entire podcast whatever whatever day we record it is what what does a good team mean and I feel like this is the start of that conversation we'll get there when we get there though yeah sure 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 yeah yeah it's always been in my brain to to determine. What does it mean to be a bull team? Well, there's tears and it's going to be all <laughs> Yeah, it's going anyway, to be a situation. Let's but let's start. get some games. Let's get into some games. 31st of October, uh, I'm going to mention, I'm mentioning the these schools. Well, if, because I just got to mention early week MAC games. Yeah, which is great. Um, so I'm just going to kind of mention them together. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, one of particular interest and some others that are interesting. Central Michigan at home beat Northern Illinois. Toledo went to 8-1, beating Buffalo at home. Bowling Green uh, beat Balsa Hard University 24-21. And in the big rivalry game, the Zips of Akron beat the Golden Flashes of Kent 31-27. Both of those teams are always bad, and it makes me sad, and I don't know why. But that's that. Yeah, the the yeah, it's it's a it's it's like a rivalry that I kind of always know that's happened just because it's the zips against the flashes. Uh, but yeah, there, it's never it's for the battle for the golden boot, I believe, which also is super random. It's it's a very yeah, it's it's a silly thing, just an Ohio thing. But yeah, it's a uh, good, you know good on Akron for getting the win this year. But yes, you're right, they're both usually terrible, and this year they remain terrible. Yeah, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. Uh, Toledo didn't look great against Buffalo, but Buffalo is very bad. Uh, Toledo, you know, they even though they lost the turnover battle, they still won the game going away. Again, it wasn't a pretty performance, but they got what they needed to early and kind of coasted on their way out. Um, the other games are just notable because you've got some bowl, bowl availability teams happening in in central michigan and bowling green yeah bowling green could um, do it. Yeah, yeah could do it but it's unfortunate for ball so hard university because they they're three points away from because they won today didn't they uh, I think uh, was it them or Bowling Green that won today? Let's see. I think it was Ball so hard. Uh, I think I was looking at I was looking at scores. Maybe they were winning when I was looking. Watch, watch you tell me. I, I was watching. Uh, yeah, no, Bowling Green. Bowling Green won. Yeah, Ball so hard. University did not play. Yet. Oh no, they didn't. Okay, yeah, I was. Bo- I was Bowling looking, Green. Ah, uh, yes. As winning, the game's not over. Uh, Bowling Green's just about to lock it up with two minutes left. Oh. Um, well, well. A, a, a side note on that game: uh, somebody put down a million dollars for Kent State. To to get be closer than ten and a half, and they're going to lose by thirty. Yeah. So that's uh, that's too much money. That's an interesting. That's too much. Inv- yeah. That's too much money. That's too much investing in yeah. anything Kent related. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Let's see. We've got Duke Blue Devils get their sixth win at home against Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Uh, I just want to make that note because Duke was kind of tank, was kind of falling into the tank a bit. Um, but they get they get bowl eligible, and the season may not end up where they want to be. Uh, their great quarterback was hurt, um, so that didn't help. Um, so Grayson Loftus came in and had six completions, and that was enough for Duke to get by Wake Forest. Yeah, which a Wake Forest team that's you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be blowing anybody away, but they're a scrappy little team. I thought they were gonna be better. I thought, man. I thought so I thought too. They were but, gonna be better, but they might you know they might snag out. I don't know how many more games like they have a chance at winning. Let's take a look at their schedule now. But yeah, they're they got North, they got NC State. Then Notre Dame, then Syracuse. So they're probably not going to win any more games. But uh, yeah, they all were, of those are not winnable. Yeah, that's pretty much outside of them. But I don't know. Duke Duke should feel happy. Wake was you know Wake at least put up a fight. So Duke should just be happy they got their they got bowl eligible on a game like that. Yeah, Wake is 124th in offensive adjusted EPA and 88th in defensive. They're bad in almost every phase that you need to be. They're 102nd in turnover ratio. They're uh, they, they're 112th in defensive explosive plays given up. Uh, they're just bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm normal weak stuff. I'm just sorry for them. I yeah. thought that they were I thought they were going to be better. They looked like they might be pretty good. One in five in the ACC. That's bad. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Troy Trojans get their seventh win at home against uh, South Alabama. Uh, Troy is seven and two, four and one in the Sun Belt. They are just tough, and that's just the, one of the toughest. Maybe, maybe might be the best defensive. T- they've given up forty nine points in conference this year. They are probably the toughest defense of the group of five teams. Yeah, yeah, they play, and they yeah, they play very. It's a, it was fun. I watched a lot of this game, and they're just they're they're uh, they're they're almost reminiscent of Kansas State to me a little bit. It's kind of like a, a little brother to that. I mean, in a, in a way, I'm sure. probably doing Troy a little bit of dirt here by saying that, but that's they. Feel feel like they just play their game they just come and do what they want to do and and look James Madison can't do anything because James Madison would be able to beat anybody down in the Sun Belt but Troy is gonna they're gonna hopefully go to the Sun Belt championship I can't imagine that they unless they just die from here to the end of the year um, which I don't see happening like they probably I think they can beat anybody on the other side coastal they got to deal with potentially coastal Carolina that's probably gonna happen or maybe Georgia Southern oh here's a side note James Madison has gone back to the NCAA to request another waiver, saying specifically that their rule didn't couldn't include the the New Year's Day bowls because the New Year's Day bowls didn't exist when they made the rule. Ooh. And the Sun Belt says that if the NCAA approves their waiver to let them play, they will let them play in the conference championship. Let's game. go. So James Madison still may have a shot at this whole thing. I'm down for it. And look, and a James Madison James Madison Troy Sun Belt championship game is. I mean, James Madison's going to win, but. It'd be it'll be a good game. I you know what, like James Madison's really good. Right. I'm not want to act like they're not right. Troy is the, is a top ten defense in the country, mm. uh, but James Madison is a top twenty five defense in the country, and James Madison is a top forty offense, and Troy is a top sixty offense. So uh, James Madison would would by far be the favorite, probably by a couple points. But Troy has been like 40, 49 points in conference. In five games, that's, crazy. that's less than ten points a game. Yeah. That's serious business. Yeah, for real, they're doing what they want to do. Yeah, serious business. Uh, BC got bowl eligible on the road at Syracuse. BC seventeen, Syracuse ten. Syracuse with another late season dive, which 
you, I've been, I, I saw it come up. There's a stat about how poor they've been in the after the first month, two months of the season, and I kind of forget that that's the case. Yeah, it's a and very Syracuse thing. Maybe now that you they've got to move on from Dino. Yeah, maybe they got to move on from Dino. Maybe he's not a good coach, and he just has half a seasons. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you expect to get out of Syracuse, but you should be able to get some talent there. But uh, yeah, they lost to BC, who's not great either. But they they they're gamey. Yeah, I, the unfortunate thing about Syracuse is it's it is amazing that they can get the quality of basketball players up there to play ball because Syracuse, New York, is sure. a, is a. It's, it's it's kind uh, of nowhere. Yeah, for nowhere sure. For, to yeah, for it's sure. Kind of nowhere. To so to, so yeah. for them, maybe they're just happy being you know being where they are. They're you know that guy's giving giving them some hope regularly, and that's enough uh, for them to keep them around. But you're probably right. I guess the question always is, and I'm, I'm sure it happens with many teams all across the nation, is like, is who you get going to put you better? Because you could be they could be UConn right now, you know. And people thought Jim Moore was going to yeah, help I mean, UConn, so here we are. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, there's no reason that Syracuse shouldn't... Sh- well, I, especially with the kind of talent they get for basketball, it's really hard for me to imagine that they they can't be bowl eligible every year. But they, they I, I say all that, and I just think, you know what? I don't know why there there has to be good football players in the New York area. There isn't any. Right, so why true. does there need to be now? It's probably fine. That's very it's true. It's probably fine. Uh, a place... But, you see, this, this team that I'm about to talk to next talk about next really kind of maybe throws a wrench in it in that whole theory is that Wyoming got bowl eligible uh, by beating Colorado State at home. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming is 6-3, and 3-2 three, three in the conference. And now, they're just having a really good year, and they're not going to sustain it either. Uh, but good win for Wyoming, who's having a nice season. Yeah, and Wyoming is in, like, Laramie, Wyoming is nowhere. It's legitimately nowhere. <laughs> it's kind it, of nowhere. You pass it, and you're like, is that a town over there? That's weird. You know, it, there's nothing going on up there except for this. And look, they got Josh Allen many moons ago, and they sometimes, you know, play well in the Mountain West also. So, you know, I guess Syracuse, if Syracuse wants to get to that, there's a coach that could get them there for sure. Um, I don't know sure. I don't know who that guy is, but, you know, Matt Rule, a version of Matt Rule goes there or sure. a version of Luke sure. Fickle, maybe they get lucky. And, you know, and, right. and It's something. a challenge because... I think they've been good enough, and so that might be the reason why they don't think about moving. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's hard. If you've been good it's just enough. like uh, we're gonna fall backwards. Yeah, for sure. You know, when you've you're at least you're at least touching potential bowl bowl situations year to year. Like that's you know good money for the program if you can get there. Good money for the program and stuff. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know if this year is even. They got two wins is gonna be tough for them. Yeah, uh, Wyoming is uh, is kind of getting this record mostly on the fact that they're a top. 10 team in turnover ratio because they're uh, in the 90s in offensive adjusted offensive EPA and in the 80s in defensive EPA. They're kind of hanging around. I suspect that their quality of schedule, which I need to probably come up with a good quality of schedule ranking too. But anyway, I suspect their quality of schedule is not great, but considering what, what they are, hey, a bowl, a bowl eligible season is a nice season. Yep, got to love it for sure. Ohio State 35, Rutgers 16. The game was kind of close a little bit for a minute, and then it wasn't. There's not a lot to talk about here except Ohio State is uh, 9-0. Yeah, yeah. I thought for the first half of the game I was like, oh, Rutgers is here. They're doing around, but they they did the thing that – that all teams that are not as good as other teams do in college football, and they just couldn't play the full four, four quarters. And that's yeah. that's going to yeah. be the difference maker always when you got talent like Ohio State. So, 
Yeah, depth, depth and talent will kill you. You know, depth and talent will kill you. For sure. Uh, in maybe the game of the day, Kansas State 30, Texas 33 in overtime. Boy, Kansas State, they they hung and they hung and they hung. Um, some missed kicks probably got them. They really had every opportunity to win the game. Um, but they got stopped on a ter- – well, it wasn't a bad third down play. The pressure up the middle from Texas really just got after Kansas State. But they had every opportunity to win the game. And th- this is probably what this right score should be if you pulled it way back. Yeah. Um, Texas winning a close game against a really good Kansas State team. Mm-hmm. But Kansas State could have won that game. They're, yeah, they're really cool. When, they, they, when the kicker missed the one in the fourth quarter – I I went oh, okay all right well I'll turn it to something else Texas got this whatsoever yeah. and then and then I and then I came back and then or you maybe you texted me or, or texted me like they're yes. gonna keep doing I, it I, I I gave everybody a heads right. up like oh man Kansas scored three touchdowns in a row <laughs> to tie it up yeah uh, including two in the two in the quarter and then they hit the get the hit the that kicker that missed a point after and missed a field goal hit a game winning hit the game tying field goal with one second left but yeah you had they had to go for it because they couldn't trust the kicker and that's that's too bad yeah. but, uh, other other than that Kansas State again very good football team and uh, they played them as close as they could play them Texas also a very good football team that didn't play great but Kansas State's defense is kind of punching the nose so you kind of want to just get away with that little blood on your face and walk away successfully which is what Texas did yeah one of my one of my friends with a backup quarterback yeah 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 and yeah that and he played his face off three I mean oh yeah Malik Murphy I mean yeah for being backup and basically backup that day 248 248 yards passing yeah. 20 for 37 um, one touchdown one interception so you know not bad um, not for for yeah, just he's playing a very good defense yeah. and he was fine yeah he didn't he didn't die. Uh, Will Howard on the Kansas State side, uh, 26 for 42, 327 yards passing, four touchdowns, one interception. Um, he did. He got sacked a couple of times, three times, so that was unfortunate. And didn't have anybody out. There wasn't anybody in the running game, unfortunately, to help him that much. Got the he got the ball around to a lot of his receivers, um, which is good. And then shout out to uh, Adonai Mitchell from Texas. Had 149 yards receiving on eight catches, so another another serious factor in the wide receivers who can kill you. Um, at least, at least on one day, um, stat for sure. And and everybody, I just take a second, pause this just for a, just pause us for just for a moment. Go and on, on Google, um, Larry David ch- uh, change football rules, and the video you'll find is Larry David saying, "Why do we have kickers?" What's the point? Well, the, the game <laughs> right. the game has nothing to do with them. They could not play the game. They couldn't do anything. And yet they can decide it. That's ridiculous. We should get rid of them. And I 100% agree, <laughs> especially after watching a game like this. Yeah, fair. Fair. That game especially. Yeah. Um, but you, I, hate it. I hate it for a kicker because they don't get very many. Other players get 50 plays to fail. Right. Kickers get three. Right. So and it sucks for them. Yeah, in a time that most of the time they're, the other players failed the team before them and then they get the rap for it, which is unfortunate. Yep, yep. Uh, we've got uh, one of your favorite programs in the country, <laughs> uh, Ole Miss Rebs. Uh, have a nice, close, tidy home win, 38-35 against Texas A&M. Ole Miss, just one loss. If things go their way, they got every opportunity to be in the playoffs still. Well, 
that bummed me out. Uh, but I'll <laughs> I'll try my best to be positive. What we can hope for is that Jimbo's bitch ass finally gets fired from Texas A&M after recruiting the finest talent in the world and not being able to make them close. play football. Uh, so ho- hopefully they kick him the hell out of there. That will just make me happy just because I'm, mo- I'm somehow more salty at him than I am at, at stupid Lane Kiffin. But what Lane Kiffin has and a guy who I'm not mad at and who does deserve credit is Jackson Dark because the kid plays. Oh, man, yeah. He plays. Yeah, plays. He went 24 for 33, had 387 yards passing through two touchdowns. So it was good. Um, Quinshin uh, Judkins, 23, yard, 23 carries for 102 yards. Um, on the rushing side, had three touchdowns, big, big. Uh, interestingly, only had two points of EPA. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that I called that out because you it, you can see the stat there. And it's obviously he helped he helped the team. It was he was contributing sure. positively to the points that were happening over the course of the game. But sure. it seems it seems big. And then you can look at that and say oh, it wasn't quite as what is big, especially because Jackson Dart had well, 17 points. Of EPA. Here's the here's the positive thing about running the ball. Like. Passing is always going to be more valuable than running because passing lets you get bigger chunks that are worth more points, right? But what that doesn't calculate is is what what EPA can't give you is clock control, right? EPA can't give you that, hey, these runs might not be worth as many points in EPA, but you took so much chunk of time off the clock and you, you know, or you, you, you're in a short yardage situation and you scored a touchdown. So, yeah, you get the EPA for the touchdown. But if it's, you know, if it's three yards or four yards for a touchdown, it's not worth as much points unless you run for 70 yards, right? The other tricky thing is you might have a guy that's got 23 carries, 102 yards, but he might have had one rush that was 50 yards, right? That's true. So then you got 22 or 21 carries for 50 yards. Well, that obviously can't be great on the EPA. Um so when you're, you know, but four yards per play, running the ball's great. Yeah. It just just means that they were probably a little bit behind on down and distance sometime. They won the turnover battle, which helps. Um, they had better they had better EPA without explosive plays, which means that they were grinding it out, um, and they had an equal amount of explosive plays, more running explosive plays than uh, Texas A&M had. So all of these things are part of it. It's an overall efficiency stat. It's not perfect. So sometimes you just got to give your horse the ball because you're winning, and you got to give the guy the ball. You know? Yeah, totally. And and I'm happy that you I'm happy that you 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 said all that and clarified because <clears throat> I think another thing that EPA can can't really show is is how much did the rushing yards that he contributed bring the defense closer to the line of scrimmage, which may have gave Jackson Dart the ability to pass the ball a little bit more effectively than had he had yeah, nobody sure. rushing in the game. So and and then yeah. and then Trey Harris uh, on the Ole Miss side had 11 catches for 213 yards, which is just a bonkers game, um, and had a touchdown, had 15 points at EPA. So Jackson Dart and Trey Harris were the big contributors. But yeah, I mean they obviously. They were benefited um, by by Judkins, and that's so. Um, so, you know, yeah. again, I hope Ole Miss doesn't get in the playoff. I really hope they lose the rest of their games and that uh, fires burn the Rebel Stadium down. But uh, I'll take I'll take this win, and I'm, I'm, I'm cool with, with seeing the players do well. Here's, here's what's going to happen. If the only way that they make it to the playoff is by beating Georgia— Right. right. But the nice thing is they could beat Georgia and still lose to Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl and not make the playoff. So 
it, they still even if they beat Georgia, it's not over. Right. They still they still have to play one of the weirdest rivalry games that there is, the Egg Bowl. Um, so, you know, they here's the thing. They could beat Georgia. They could. I'm not saying they will. But they could, yeah. Because Georgia's better than Alabama. Georgia's be- Georgia now is better than Alabama, That they what Alabama was on September 23rd. Yeah. Alabama, what they are right now, might be better than Georgia. But Alabama, what they were, um, and Georgia, Georgia's a little bit better. So I don't know that they win. But uh, it's in play for them to beat Georgia and still lose and not make the playoff. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go. <laughs> uh, Clemson gets their fifth win uh, home against Notre Dame. They 31 to 23. Notre Dame with a, I think a disappointing loss. A Clemson team that really needed to save face. Um, they're not probably as bad talent wise as their record. I remember boy early season trying to think about where Clemson was going to go, how far they might fall. Mm-hmm. I think five and four is a bigger surprise than anybody. But they've got. You know they've got pride, and so Notre Dame is going to Notre Dame. Yeah, I I I really like this Notre Dame team. I really like Freeman. Um, I, I I like I like Sam Hartman. They've been they there was no point in this year where I was expecting even what they've gotten out of what what this team has done in Notre Dame um, over the course of this year. I thought I, I guess seven and them being seven and three is is reasonable like i i wouldn't have been if you had told my myself at the at the beginning of the season uh the beginning of the season that that's what they were going to be by this point i would have said oh yeah that's probably what i thought um but they, I, i'm a little surprised i would have thought if they were going to get their third loss it was only it was only going to be like late in the season well like just a maybe third loss i'm a little surprised i think clemson is and the other thing is clemson is weird like I, they had they had a game like this in them, you know. Like this is the I could see them next week losing to Georgia Tech just because of whatever dumbness that they've been on this year. Yeah, um, they you know, weren't great. No, They're just that's the thing. Yeah. They weren't great. Right, and so it's it is unfortunate these teams at this stage that Notre Dame lost like this because I I think that. I, I, I would have thought that Notre Dame would have gotten the, the win against this Clemson team, but I, I'm kind of okay with both sides. I, I really wish uh, I wish Dabo would shut up uh, more, so it's unfortunate that they're losing there and, and that I'm not going to invest any of my any money into into Clemson, any mental or, or actual money into Clemson and their investments. I think they're going to be very average. I hope he, I also hope he gets fired, but unfortunate loss for Notre Dame. Uh, nothing, nobody else, nobody really, both sides, nobody had a great game, like, anywhere. No. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything but maybe take a little heat off of Dabo. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that, sad. Uh, Tennessee blew out UConn. Tennessee gets their seventh win. Um, yeah, no real shocker there. Uh, a couple, th- th- a couple teams that got to their three win. Actually, four teams in a row hit their third win. Um, so I'm just going to mention them all really quickly. Arkansas beat Florida on the road, 39 to 36. The Hoosiers beat Wisconsin at home, 20 to 14. Michigan State beat Nebraska at home, 20 to 17. And South Carolina beat Jacksonville State, 38 to 28. All of those games 
it's kind of amazing to me that all of those teams won. Like, Flor- the Arkansas Florida one makes the makes the most sense to me. Arkansas, I feel like I feel like right. I feel like these the their records, the Arkansas Florida records, should actually be flipped. I think that Arkansas is better than Florida, and that they've just lost some some squeakers, even though they're even though they're overall not that good. But I didn't think Florida. I haven't thought that much of Florida all year, so the fact that Arkansas got this one is is surprising, I guess, but not not that much for me. Just just me wanting Arkansas to be better. But the but the Indiana, Michigan State, and South Carolina beating the teams that they beat, I did not expect. I did not expect Wisconsin, Nebraska, or Jacksonville State to lose to these teams at this point in the year. Like they're not. No, neither. Uh, like Jacksonville State is the best of all of those teams I just said, and so that was the one I was shocked the most by. But I didn't. I thought Nebraska and Wisconsin both were going to put up way better fights. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville State, I, I, I don't want to say I'm going to fall over shock about Jacksonville State. I'm glad they kind of hung in there, and I thought they'd maybe have a game. But uh, South Carolina was a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, so obviously the yeah. talent level right. is still just a big a big space. But Nebraska's probably got to be disappointed. Nebraska's got to be the most disappointed. Wisconsin is probably disappointed just because they they know they're better. But Nebraska, I think really this one was one they kind of wanted mm-hmm. to get so that they could, you know, push to bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what is their schedule for the rest of the year? While you're looking that up, just a, a shout-out to the, uh, I think the player of all of those games and, and what bring, really brings up the point that you're talking about is uh, Spencer Rattler for South Carolina had 415 yards passing, went 27 for 38 and two touchdowns, and he passed to Xavier Leggett for and he uh, Xavier Leggett caught nine balls for 233 yards. So, yeah, South Carolina decided they wanted to have themselves a game. So their schedule is home against Maryland on the road against Wisconsin, home against Iowa. That's going to be tough. Those, those Maryland-Wisconsin games for Nebraska are winnable. They're winnable for I sure. Mean, but it's not Wisconsin is, is maybe is maybe Nebraska. Well, like the, they are as close as they've almost always been. And Maryland is just doing their normal end of the year kind of slide back. Yeah. So. What's the home and away situation? Uh, it's uh, home, away, home. Oh, all right. Yeah, the having been at home for the being at home for all of those games will will help. I don't think they're not going to be yeah, in Iowa. Yeah, home Maryland, probably, home Iowa, road Wisconsin. Yeah, that's doable. Wisconsin might be. They could get bowl eligible on that for sure. They could. Yeah, they could. I mean, they just need one, and it's there, but it's not going to be easy. Michigan State was their easiest shot. Yeah, to get the ball eligibility. Uh, let's see. Uh, Utah gets their seventh win uh, against Arizona State, fifty-five to three. The biggest point total that you could imagine out of Utah. The over/under was thirty-seven and a half. Uh, Utah's offense was high on the EPA scale. Um, Arizona State was low. Arizona State kind of just had a bad, bad day. Uh, but here's the thing: Utah had a lot of people run the ball for a good chunk of yards. A lot of their EPA was running. Um, their EPA per play running the ball running the ball was was just 0.18, and their passing was 0.4. They got good EPA out of limited passing, but I, I just. Our good friend Tyler, we were talking about Utah versus Washington that's coming up. And he, and he thinks that they, they match up well against Washington, which I don't really argue. My thing about it is this still is not a competent offense. Like, 
18 for 27 for 151 yards and four touchdowns is good in a game where you can run the ball and you can get away with that. There is a handful of teams in the Pac-12 and in the country you can beat with your quarterback with that line. Not very big. This is a very Iowa win, even though they scored a lot of points. Oh, I'll to to defend Tyler's point and the Iowa thing that you just said. Like Utah can't could from a matchup standpoint, and to to the Tyler's main argument, he's saying that Utah and Washington match up in a way that you, that Utah should benefit from. Um, Washington, you know, has a lot of big plays, um, and Utah sh- has a defense, and, and and especially at this time of the year, Utah in the latter half of the year is usually, you know, winding up, and they're usually playing a lot better than they did at the start of the year, and I think that that's the case for this Utah team as well. So Utah, could, uh, could Iowa... Washington out and you know really keep the score low that I do believe in Whittingham for but yeah I mean the offense is the toughest their them their ability to score at all is going to be tough and then just because of their offense alone and the fact that Washington has a defense that can handle this offense at least at least a little bit and then the other problem is are they going to be able to score more than Washington now again if they if it's Utah defense that's at that's at primo and they're playing this in Utah nope they're playing this in Seattle which is a bummer too yeah, it's in Seattle. Uh, that's going to make things yeah. significantly tougher for the offense because it gets rowdy up there um, in that stadium so yeah I don't um, Utah end of the year Utah could do anything and they they could sure we could of be course thinking in three weeks we could be saying Utah is the best one of the best teams in the country which has happened yeah. regularly so I don't want to I don't want to knock it off but yeah the, this Utah offense is got problems like to say yeah nobody in the world will will fall over shocked if they hear Utah beats Washington no. thirty five to thirty or twenty eight right. to no one would be shocked now that they scoring thirty five points would probably be a little surprising people little surprised but no one would be surprised if they won and i'm not saying that they can't win i'm just saying i think that washington because washington's scoring defense is not great it gives you the impression that washington's defense is not great washington's defense is very good mm-hmm. they are they are like 11th in explosive plays given up defensively and so if you got if you score points, one of the reasons you can score points in Washington is because they're like 124th in the amount of defensive plays they have to have. So they score quick, they score often. It means they got to play defense for a long time. And I think that the problem is going to be that Utah can't probably take advantage of that. That's what I think. I think I don't even quite honestly. I don't even think it's going to be close. <sighs> to be fair, yeah. I think Washington is going to win this game by 18 plus. But Again, I would not absolutely not be shocked. And look, in my heart of heart, I want Utah to win. Like that would be a nice, like, a last Pac-12 season where they knock some a couple people off, and they they end up ten and two or whatever, and they have a nice New Year's Day bowl. It would be great. So I'm not knocking it. I just I think that Washington's better than we think, and Utah's offense is not going to be quite there. That all being said, they rolled on Arizona State. They did, yes, for sure. Uh, all right, let's see. A game that I have to note in sadness, uh, Army 23, the home Air Force Academy Falcons 3. Uh, Air Force Academy takes away the – gives themselves a possibility of not being able to win the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Now they need Navy to beat Army in the uh, in the Army-Navy game to, uh, to be able to have the tie and I think hold on to it. 
But that's just disappointing. That's the one the Air Force need to have. However, it's not a surprise that you lose to a grind your, grind your goose out um, uh, naval, uh, you know, army team that came to, came to play against their military brethren. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to chalk this up to rivalry more than anything. And I think the, <laughs> one of the greatest things about college football is that on, during a rivalry game, anything can happen. And this is the personification of that. Army just, they did their normal Army stuff against an Air Force team that, that couldn't quite deal, deal with it. And that by the time, well, they didn't really start getting rolling at all because they only scored three points. But, um, you know, when they, as they tried to do their Air Force thing, they just got out. They just got out military academy, if I'm being honest. Like that's really yeah. what happened here, yeah. and it was it was sad. I was yeah. I was watching this game throughout because I was just hoping that Air Force was gonna get a you know pop a big one off and then start start to really get some momentum built and figure things out, and they just didn't. Army just said, "Nope, we're the best military academy today." Yeah, well, our Air Force turned the ball over six times. Yeah, if you're a rushing it's team, you can't. Darn you near can't impossible to win. Yeah. If you turn the ball over six times. Army scored 17 of their 23 points in the first quarter. Didn't score again after the second quarter. Air Force had to throw. They threw a lot of interceptions. Just a, just a terrible, just awful, uh, just a terrible, terrible play for a team that really had everything to play for. Yeah, so, uh, UTSA and the AEC goes to 5-0 and in the conference with a win on the road at North Texas. UTSA, like they down at the beginning, but we keep talking week after week because they keep figuring it out, right. and they, they're still in there. Yeah, we got three teams, all 5-0 and at the top of the American, Tulane, SMU, and UTSA. Now Tulane is the real... Is the real head and above the head above the shoulders sure. team um, in the American sure. for sure? But look, yeah, UTSA they're my they're the team I've been uh, following the American and they're 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 no schlubs at least as it re- regards to the rest of the Americans. So I don't. It looks like SMU currently leads um, leads them in the tie. Like it's Tulane, then SMU, then UTSA. So I I assume if everything goes as it's been, SMU Tulane will be the a the American. Um, uh, championship, uh, but look, I, I I don't think first I don't think I think Tulane is the best of the three, but I think they could get got in the championship game by either SMU or UTSA, especially as both of these teams are sort of built into something towards the end of this year. So I'm excited for how the Americans gonna gonna I'm excited for the championship. Um, however that sorts out, it's gonna be fine. It's probably still gonna be a Tulane win, but it's gonna be a good uh, championship um, Saturday for sure. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Tulane plays UTSA last game of the season, Ooh, November 24th. Well, there we go. They do not play SMU. SMU does not play either UTSA or uh, uh, Tulane. Oh, okay. So we get a, um, we're going to sure, get, a, we get avoid a pre- both of them. We get like a semifinal yes. before. Yeah, but they do travel to Memphis. Oh, um, that's going to be they tough. They do travel to Memphis, so they still have – I mean, Memphis is – Right there. Yeah, four and one in conference. Honestly, Memphis is right there. Yeah, totally. Right? Like, those are are four... Like, the rest of the American is average as shit, (laughs) but the top four teams are good. And that's what happens. If you have four good teams at the top, then you're going to have a a mediocre middle. Right. Uh, Top four teams, all of them can beat all of them, but... SMU's got the best path, because they don't have to play either Tulane or UTSA 
going out. But they do have to play Memphis. If you're splitting divisions, that's probably what you'd see. Mm-hmm. Um, so SMU can kind of kind of cruise where Tulane and UTSA got to go to he- have to go head to head, which might end up being the tiebreak. So yeah. it, American American is exciting. Yeah. Those teams are going to be teams to watch on the way out. Nice. Yeah, get some get some pre playoff playoff situations. Yep. As I mentioned, Memphis, they beat USF at home 59-50. to Memphis gets Wild. their seventh win. Yeah, just a, just a nut show of an American. But the American just has some supercharged offenses sometimes. Like, uh, but, but here's the funny thing. Memphis did that. Like, Memphis did that with a, a nice, clean, offensive passing show they got they got positive epa running which you'll take you take positive epa both sides they did play great defense against the south florida team that's probably a little bit better than uh than we might have thought they were going to be early um but they also won the the memphis won the turnover battle by two memphis good football team seth hennigan very good three for four touchdowns Memphis team again can't sleep on them. They 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 could find themselves in the championship game easy. Yeah, uh, Rock Taylor and Demir Blank uh both of them had um, 140 plus yards receiving. Um, Rock Taylor had 159, um, and uh, Rock Taylor had two touchdowns. So yeah, Hennigan is great. He's super fun to watch. If you if you got some time to watch some Memphis football and him, I would highly recommend it. And he he was swinging the ball around. He was having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Memphis does not embarrass themselves. Not Memphis. Missouri does not embarrass themselves on the road against Georgia, twenty-one to thirty. They were in it late. Yeah. Um, Georgia had to kind of scramble a little bit. Um, they had to come back. Uh, Fourteen points in the third quarter. At halftime, it was tied. It looked like Missouri could hang in there, but uh, Georgia's the incredibly deep on defense, well coached. That's about, that's about right. But Missouri, good football team. Yeah, yeah, man. Missouri has been shocking to me this entire year. At the beginning of the year, I thought they were going to be three and or two and seven by this time. I, I didn't think they were going to do anything, and they've they really uh, gone up. And I think that this game really showed. Um, like Georgia, Georgia had it the whole time. Even I was watching it. I, I kind of put this as my back burner game. Like I wasn't, I wasn't watching a lot of plays, but I would pop, every time I was any of my other games that were on, I were were kind of winding i would i would pop back into this and georgia never really felt like they were out um out of it missouri but but missouri didn't look like chumps either um right so so yeah it was a good game i think what we found i think what we found out is that georgia is beatable um by yeah. everybody by every uh you know major comp- major opponent they're going to have like Ole Miss like you were saying could go in and go in and beat them um, they could have to deal with something in the SEC championship and get beat and they could definitely be get beat by Ohio State Michigan or Florida State at this uh, sure. and, as well as Washington and Oregon probably Texas and Alabama just the same too so like um, they're not it's not the it's not a Georgia of old um, of previous years rather um, but but it's not you know it's not a terrible Georgia team by any means so it's like they can kind, yeah. kind of go anyway either way they're not uh, godly um, by any means. Yeah, exactly. They don't have they don't have the greatest collection of defensive players the right. world has ever seen. Right. They're just very good. They are very which, good. Yeah, which whatever. is okay. Um, Florida State takes care of business oh, on the road at Pitt. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. 
Keep going. No, I haven't done that when you I know, had I know, to mention I Florida State. I know. I know you're you're excited about it, but we did have to get the fact that Florida State got their ninth win out of the way. Yeah. Uh, not much more to talk about, but though they're much better than Pitt, and no one's surprised. And no, uh, um, Tavis Travis had his added another great game three three hundred sixty yards passing, um, one touchdown. So he he did all of his normal Travis things, and he's really the hunk the 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 really like the anchor of Florida State. I like I really like watching watching him play, man. He's he's fun to watch play quarterback they're all over their stuff so i hopefully force i hope force they keeps doing what they've been doing i'd love to see them um in the playoff um at the at the end of the year but the acc is not going to it's not going to be easy for them as, as the season uh, remains yeah i mean they like they got miami that's a that's a rivalry game this week um so that's a big one then they play north alabama oh yeah and then nothing. they got florida never they, mind i thought they were gonna have some and they got ACC. the other rivalry game florida so right. they've got the rivalries in play yeah both of those games can you know both of those games are losable um, and, then they, and then like the championship game. you know you're gonna play yeah you're gonna play Oh, probably North Carolina still in the ACC championship game. No, Louisville's game. five Maybe and Louisville. yeah, Louisville's five and one yeah, right now. Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Yeah, Louisville yeah, could be Louisville. Florida potentially. I mean, Florida State uh, potentially, but so yeah. Florida State's not going to have. It's not. It's not all tied up for them. I'm not. I don't think they're. I do think that I'm definitely okay with them being in the number four spot, regardless of poll. Like I think that that's comfy. I think that they deserve. They keep winning. They. Get, they deserve all the things, but they got. They are definitely going to have to just win, make sure, get everything buttoned up for the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, fine. Anyway, uh, in the final, the pokes. final scheduled Let's bedlam, an earlier pokes. bedlam. Let's go, pokes. Uh, Let's go, pokes. Oklahoma State at home, twenty-seven. Oklahoma, twenty-four. Nice, clean. Tight win by the Pokes. Man, yeah, it was just yeah the final the final bet, bedlam. Gundy was looking as Gundy as ever. Um, just a cool yeah, just cool. I I'm always I always have a. I think you actually I think you actually brought it into my into my being. But I always have a a bit of salt towards Oklahoma and the Sooners, but mostly mostly because <laughs> yeah. of Bob Stoops' stupid ass. But mostly because of Bob Stoops, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But and so anytime I see Oklahoma lose, I'm kind of happy about it. But I'm especially happy about it when it's the Oki boys. So yeah, it was good. It was it was just great to watch. I had to. I was I was doing stuff at this time of the day. I had to go to the gym, and I was I was kind of running around town. And so I was just I was the weirdest looking dude because I'd be I was at the gym and they scored and I was jumping around people were like hey, is he hyped or what's going on and then I had to leave there and I was like I was like in the uh, I was in the grocery store and I like I was listening to him on my phone and I was jumping around people were like what is this man doing but it was great yeah. it was great to great to see Alan Bowman had himself a game 334 yards passing um, 28 for 42 for Okie State no touchdowns but uh, they had Ollie Gordon um, had 138 yards rushing Ollie Gordon the second had 138 yards rushing, and then Rashad Owens 136 yards passing on 10 catches. So some guys really came to play, um, did what they needed to do to get the last bedlam signed off. Last yeah, mostly it was the, the they had to, Oklahoma turn the ball over two more times than Oklahoma State did. Because other than that, the game was pretty tight um, there. So that that'll do it. Just turning the ball over will will kind of screw you up. So big win for the Pokes. Uh, Penn State a lot, Maryland a tiny bit, fifty-one to fifteen. Uh, Penn State showed some offense against a Maryland team that does what a Maryland team does, falls off the earth yeah. late in the year. Yeah. So you can't you can't learn a lot from it, but we're going to learn a lot from Penn State, a lot more from Penn State as they 
uh, have to face Michigan here this week. Oh yeah, the, uh, I believe. Yeah, which is going to be. Uh, well, I, I hope it's hope it's in the game. This will be the first time we really understand if, what Michigan is, uh, for sure. If hopefully, it, I think they're hoping for what what Ohio State did to Penn State, but will it happen? It's going to be tough. You can't just go into Beaver Stadium and win. So. Mm, yeah. Uh, let's see. Louisville gets their eighth win, 34-3, home against Virginia Tech. Louisville, very good football team. Very I good. just want to take credit for knowing that every time it comes across. <laughs> uh, they're going to be a very good football team. Tulane, 13 ECU 10, much closer than it needed to be, uh, which is, you know, got Tulane sweating a bit. But Tulane was the better team um, through most of the game. They did what they had to do. It didn't look great. But they weren't really in any any real worry about losing. Yeah, I'm sure that this is like this was this was a game. I, I popped in just because I, I saw the a score and it was tight, um, and I was like, "Well, what's happening here?" And I figured Tulane was going to get down. But and yeah, like you said, it wasn't really any necessarily worry that they were going to lose uh, Michael Pratt for Tulane, who kind of had a yeah, not a, I don't want to say an underwhelming game, but it's pretty. Key game for yeah. him, 16 for 25, 213 yards passing on a touch and a touchdown. Um, they, it just, uh, this game had to be in so insanely frustrating for their coach. Like, I bet they got their asses chewed forever at the end of this game. It must have just been like, guys, what, how, how could we even like let this happen at all? Like, I bet, I bet there was just little, a bunch of minor execution y things that happened throughout this game that they watched, they sure. went home and, you know, got on the, got it back at, got back into school and they were watching film and I bet they got chewed up for this game. Sure. Now it, it also a little bit of game plan. They ran the ball 60% of the time more than they threw it. So they really kind of tried to take the air out of the ball. I don't know what the weather situation was like. Was it, was it weather no, it was, crazy? No, no, it was like, a, I, I remember it being a nice day. I don't think it was anything. Yeah, they just they Tulane just decided just for whatever reason, they just grinded it out. Um, which is a big win for them, and they needed it. Um, they were down down 10 to nothing, and they just kind of played tough. So sometimes you need those tough games. Yeah. You don't often get them in the uh, G5, so we'll take it. Yeah, totally. Uh, a tough game that nobody needs anymore, of, but we're going to continue getting. But maybe after the end of the season, it'll be better. <laughs> Iowa 10, Northwestern 7. Um, uh, there's not a lot to be said. I was not going to make... The 25 points. But I did see something that no team in the Big Ten West would have hit the 25-point-per-game barrier, which is hilarious. But this was incredibly bad by an Iowa team that probably shouldn't have won this game. But they were just cursed for this to happen. Yeah, look, it's just honestly, Iowa's just been doing Iowa this year. They have just been doing the most. They've been they've been their truest selves this year. They they even you know they got they they fired their well they yeah they fired their their uh, coordinator, but he's still hanging around too. Yeah. And like that's well, yeah, they they didn't renew him, right. so he gets to coach till the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. And that's even the most Iowa thing. It's just like, why don't you just get somebody? Like, get him out of here. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Yeah. Like, there's no need for this. Like, just just pay just the bill. Just because it's the coach's kid. I know, and which is like fine. It's fine, but that's very Iowa too. So Iowa just Iowing. Sure. You know, which and they got Rutgers, yeah. then Illinois, then Nebraska, and all of those games they can Iowa the shit out of those teams, and you put themselves. in 10 wins yeah oh yeah like they still have everything everything in front of them right which is also wild 
Yeah, you know. But the Big Ten West for the is most ass. part. I mean, they lost enough that they can't play in the playoff, but mm-hmm. like they could still have a very nice year. Totally. Even with all that in play, it's very true. Um, which is which is kind of crazy considering, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. James Madison, forty-two. Georgia State, fourteen. And worth a note, especially just because. James Madison still has maybe an opportunity to do more. If they don't, they're just a buzzsaw, and it's crazy. They're they're so much better than everybody in the Sun Belt, so I hope they get to. They really, really deserve it. They really do. If I, it used to be, I mean, I must be two-sided as to be like, you know, being a player on that team to know like, hey, we can't play for it all, but just knowing that you, that how good that you were and college football kind of has, whether it was Urban Meyer's Ohio State team that didn't make the playoff that one year that probably should have done it or or the, the was it UCF or USF that won the... UCF. UCF, right? That they were like, they said that they won the national championship. Like sometimes right. there's just those things in college football where you can say, we were a we were a team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were a fucking team. Yeah, we were and undefeated, we came out and, we, and came. we didn't get an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you could just do that. And so yeah. I hope, hopefully, they at least get some level of solace from that. Which you know, it's still it's still going to be a little salty in their mouths, no matter what, if they don't get to play for bowls. I hope they do. That would be awesome. I just learned about that tonight when you told me. So that would be great um, if they do get yeah. the opportunity because they could they can play some football for sure. But yeah, cool to see them keep winning. Georgia State's not a not a terrible team either. Um, so. No. And they really, Jordan Spanson really got to do what they wanted to do, which was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, that's a, that's a big conference win. I mean, oh. you just can't take anything away from how, how good that conference win is uh, for James Madison. So, uh, same with Coastal Carolina that gets their sixth win, 28-24 against Old Dominion. Another just solid conference win by a good team. Yep, totally. The, the, the current runner-up for, for the Sun Belt Championship on the east side, if James Madison does not get all the things that they hope for. Right. Right. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Georgia Southern versus Texas State. Uh, Georgia Southern 24, Texas State 45. Texas State gets their sixth win. Uh, just part of that middle of the conference, top middle of the conference, that's very good. Yeah, man. I, I Look, I'm happy I get to say it again. I've said it probably like every year, every week this year. Watch Sunbelt football, man. It's fun. Yeah, Sunbelt football's good. I, the I, top I, half of the Sunbelt, solid. Yeah, look, I, I had a good time watching Texas State, Georgia Southern. Like, it wasn't a game the whole time, but man, it was like it was right. it was it was a good watch. Watch yourself, Sunbelt. Treat yourself. Yeah. Watch Sunbelt football. Yeah, yeah, good football team. Uh, speaking of a good football team, Cal nineteen, Oregon sixty three. Oregon right now is hitting on all of it. It's all hitting, and they probably are the best team in the Pac-12, which is sad to say because they lost. They lost to an undefeated Washington team, um, and that counts and that matters. But right now, this Oregon team that's playing football right now is probably one of the four best teams in the country. Yeah, I I, I agree with it. My my early years salt aside. Um, I, I, I do. I, I agree with you, man. They're, they're really, they're buzzing right now. They're doing the stuff they want to. They can, because we don't have the, the two sides of the PAC 12 this year, they can play the rematch, right? Yep. And a rematch against an undefeated Washington team that you beat, you, you beat in the PAC 12 championship game does mix things up. I mean, it'll obviously depend on what else happens, um, with the other teams that are currently ahead of them in the college or that will be a 
potentially ahead of them in the college football playoff at that time. But that's that's another nice thing, uh, you know, to sort of uh, flash back to our conversation uh, from the start of the pod is is like the college football ranking is different than the AP. So it's not they could sure. the college football guys could say it doesn't we don't care about Ohio State and Georgia, Michigan, Florida State for whatever reasons. Oregon had to play a great team at a great time of the year, and this gives right. them the bid to be the number four team in the nation. So you know, or the number three, or whatever it works out. So Oregon really has they got they have it wide open. They keep playing ball like they've been playing, and if they knock off a, a def, an undefeated Washington team, man, things get interesting. Look, I think the the only looking at what Oregon is right now. Looking at what Oregon is and their results over the last bit, you know, the last bit of their of their season, I, I'm going to say, especially with how close they are in the playoff rankings, unless Oregon wins the game by a last-second field goal in an all-time great game again, and that's the only loss for both – that's the only, Washington's only loss, I think Oregon clearly gets picked over Washington for the playoff. Yeah. Um, if it's close, because here's the other, here's the other thing, right? I don't even think a field goal matters because here's the deal. That means Washington beats Utah, then travels to Oregon State and beats Oregon State, then they beat Washington State at home, right? So even if they lose by a tight field goal to an Oregon team they already beat, it, it, they're it's going to be a real issue leaving both those teams out, which they have to. They have to leave one, they, they, for sure. They're not yeah. gonna, they're, they're just not enough teams to put both of those teams in if you've got to also deal with two one-loss, like, Big Ten you know, two one-loss, Big Ten teams, right. and whatever. So you, I, I, I'm assuming that if Oregon wins out, Oregon goes in over Washington. That's my assumption, but I, I don't know. I can't call it. Yeah, I, I think I feel similarly. I mean, they have Oregon's got an unranked USC team next, but still a notable USC team. Um, sure, it would K- be a decent enough win, yeah. especially if they beat their if they beat their ass. Right, for sure. And then and then end the season um, playing against Oregon State. Uh, you know, it's it's another it's another good one. So I think the, yeah, the the benefit of this and and I another thing about the the playoff ranking that I I hear about all the time that I that I dislike, but in this case, but it does make sense, or I don't know if it makes sense, but I'm I'm willing to take I'm willing to take it is like the timing of your winning, you know. So it's like there will inevitably be recency bias on on Oregon Washington being the Pac-12 championship game versus when they played in the middle of uh, in the middle of October. Like those things do matter, even though it seems silly. Um, it, it it is going to be a nod to Whoever wins that game on who should be the the one that goes forward, if the playoffs yeah, committee wants yeah. to go that way. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Uh, all right, let's see. Liberty gets their ninth win, uh, fifty six to thirty against Louisiana Tech at home. Uh, Liberty is very good. Yep, just just <laughs> killing the conference USA. It's just not even. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah they're not getting as much credit for being very good as. Um, as uh, James Madison, Tulane is oh. for whatever reason. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They, it seems you know negligible. what you said this to me. What? Um, yeah, it seems like I feel like Liberty could. Yeah, it seems like you could pick either one of them. I mean, Tulane's currently number twenty-three in the in the CFP rankings, and I don't I, like. 
do I want to put um, Liberty at twenty three? I don't. I don't know. Like I, I'm okay with them being outside. Yeah, Liberty's schedule is really weak. Yeah, the Conference the USA deal, is. So. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little tough. But they've really been yeah. blowing the pants off of those teams. Like they've been doing the things they, that they, they have been. They, they needed to. But I'm okay with Tulane getting the nod. The yeah, American overall. I don't care overall. about Liberty. Yeah. Liberty can go to hell. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, I hope New Mexico State beats them. Yeah. Uh, if New Mexico State wins this weekend because they won last week, thirteen to seven against. Middle Tennessee State University, New Mexico State, play Liberty in the Conference USA Championship game. What a year for New Mexico Dude, State. Seven and three I right now. I can't remember a year as good. They last time they went to a bowl is like ninety nine. Something like that. That's crazy. Like I I'm, I'm it's good. You know, great great for them. That I'm sure that that town is is you know really oh pop it. Yeah, 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 yeah and really oh, centers around the university i'm sure it's it gives jobs to the whole town and i'm, I'm sure there there's always like people rocking new mexico state just because they're alumni and they don't they don't care about the football they just want to go you know I'll, I'll also nod back to my to my arizona monologue you know a couple of weeks ago like i'm sure it's the same sort of feelings just hey this is the hometown team we go to games because we go to games or we don't go to games we don't i think that probably even still today but at least when you get to go to a new mexico state game and you walk into the stadium you got a seven and three team to root for which is just amazing yeah one of those new mexico teams should be decent you know usually new mexico is okay yeah in the mountain west, west. Yeah, they probably sure. have a little bit more resources but new mexico state has been all the way around and been an independent whatever so look potentially playing for a championship game and maybe even winning a conference championship game wild uh that'd be pretty cool very cool pretty cool uh, UNLV gets their seventh win uh, against the aforementioned New Mexico Lobos, uh, 56-14. to UNLV, seven wins, 4-1 and one in the Mountain West, still in it. Just, they still got it to play for. Yeah, it's true. In a, in a Mountain West that's not, we, we saw, it just turned shaky. I mean, look, Air Force got beat by, yeah. by Army out, outside of Mountain West, but, like, I didn't think that was going to happen. All of a sudden, it's shaky. Boise State kind of on the up-and-ups doing some, doing some stuff. Like, yeah, like, yeah. this is a UNLV team. This is a reputable UNLV team, like, which is wild. Yeah, UNLV uh, has Wyoming at home, then they travel to Air Force, and they have San Jose State. So if they want it, if UNLV wants it, they got to be two very good football teams to get it, yeah. right? And they've already lost to Fresno, um, so that's a tiebreaker that they don't get there. Um, but it's still, still, you, you, if you, you probably can't split Wyoming and Wake Forest. You probably need to win them both, yeah. which I don't think that they will. No. But, but the fact that they're in a in a position this late in the season, awesome. Yeah, seriously, awesome work, seriously, for the Rebs. Uh, let's see, Kansas uh, 28, Iowa State 21. Iowa State's looking better as a team. They're still not super interesting, but they look better. Uh, Kansas gets their seventh win. Still a very nice season for Kansas. Yeah, uh, yeah, and still, and let me, uh, I should have been pulling up while you were saying all that, but still have uh, Bean in the backfield, man, and he's just, yep. that's, the, that's, yeah. that's the, he's the, he's the Nick Foles of Kansas, like, he oh, just yeah. came in, Very good backup. he just said, they were like, hey, can you do this, and he's like, yeah, for sure, I've just been practicing, yeah. And, yeah, and he's been doing great, so that's, that's super cool, 112 yards catching for Lawrence Arnold, just a cool note there, Bean went 287 yards passing, he went 14 for 
for 23, had a touchdown. So, yeah, a couple of a couple of players had some had a good time. Iowa State, like you said, is not. It's, I mean, they're not they're not great. So right. Kansas is yeah. basically always going to win this. They're, but, they're better. Yeah, but, but they're not great. But shout yeah. out to it's a good win for Kansas. Yeah, they yeah. could. That's a game that previous Kansas would lose for sure, potentially. For sure. So it's a good win for Kansas. Uh, West Virginia gets their sixth win, thirty-seven to seven at BYU, or I mean at home against BYU. Uh, really, just to mention, West Virginia is bowl eligible, so they've kind of been climbing out of uh, probably not the greatest season that they've ever seen. But four and two in the new Big Twelve, even though I think all of their wins are against new teams mm. in the Big Twelve or whatever, <laughs> but they look good against a yeah. decent BYU. Team. Yeah, I get to bully the the new kids. Yeah, yeah, look good. Uh, Michigan 41, Purdue 13. Michigan blows out Purdue at home. Michigan has bad has bad teams on their schedule, and they keep blowing them out, that's, which I guess is all you want from Michigan. Yeah, that's what you got to prove. You get to We get to find out who the real Michigan is this week, but, uh, yeah, they've been doing everything oh, yeah, they're yeah, supposed yeah. to do. Yep. yep. They got this the most serious matchup they're going to have until the big one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Washington 52, USC 42. Uh, USC... Fired their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, finally, because <laughs> they couldn't play yeah. defense. Yeah, they were FCS uh, Washington defense. was in the 99th percentile for EPA per play on offense, success rate, percentage, and look, USC was in the 96th percentile. But I will say this, USC is the second or third best offense in the country. Um, and so I, I don't know who, who how many teams are going to play great defense against an SC team that really nobody stopped them from scoring points and a Kayla Williams that is great. Um, but sometimes you just got to win shootouts. So it's just they got to win shootouts. Dylan Johnson, 256 yards rushing, will help you win a shootout. Yeah, he, yeah Dylan Johnson for Washington just had himself a game. So that's, that's if, you, if you got a guy as good as Penix, Junior in your backfield, and then and then Dylan John, a guy like Dylan Johnson, just goes off like you're going to win the game. But I just we just got to pause just for a second here and just like revel in in Caleb Williams, just sheer talent. The the dude is oh, yeah. a freak. He can just he is yep. just playing backyard football. He can just do yep. whatever. He's throwing balls through his legs over his head. He's doing whatever he wants to do, and it's great to watch. It's unfortunate that they're that they're playing with a high school football defense, but like other yeah, than they that, really like the, one of the best, one of the best offensive teams in USC history let down by the fact that they couldn't keep a defense together enough to get them where they needed yeah. to go. Cause USC had everything. I mean, they were preseason top five ranked right. teams. Everybody expected them to do much better than this. Yeah. And so now they're Notre Dame level and they really should be better. They really should be. But yeah. And then uh, also another, another great rushing, um, Rushing side for for USC, Austin Jones had 11 carries, went uh, rushed for 127 yards. So another big uh, two two guys really had some fun rushing running the ball in a very high scoring game. But and there was a moment in this game I said this to I think I said this to you. I was like this game could be 66 to 63. Like I wouldn't like I, I thought 100 points were going to be scored. It was it was nuts. Oh, yeah. It was just yeah. anybody anybody was scoring at any time. It was crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of scoring. And it's funny because Wisconsin ran the ball 57% of the time. Wait, Washington? Wisconsin. Washington oh, ran yeah. the ball. Yeah, I'm just thinking of running inside <laughs> to think of Wisconsin. Uh, and they had a half a point of play running. That's nuts. Um, and so uh, for 41 rushes. Now, USC had 60, a point six, almost a third of a point of play 
rushing. They just didn't run the ball as much because they had to catch it. They had to play some catch up. They had to throw the ball around. But great game. Caleb Williams is a great player. I don't even want to hear have the conversation about how the fact that he was sad at the end of the game means he's less of a football player. I swear, who was even having? Like, just shut up. Uh, just, just have nothing just, to say. It's just the bullshit that I know, happens. It's yeah, it's just the bullshit like, that come happens. Come on. Uh, Kansas uh, is a team I already talked about, so let's talk about Kentucky, mm. who beat Mississippi State 24-3 on the road. Kentucky gets their sixth win. Nice season out of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah you take, I think if you're, bowl, if you're going to the bowl as Kentucky, you're happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Kentucky probably thought they could. They, this is probably where, if you really asked everybody with truth serum, they'd think that they'd hope to be 6-3, and 3-3 three, yeah. three and three in the SEC. Fine, yeah. Uh, SMU previously mentioned they got their seventh win against Rice. Oh, but Rice made him play. Rice made him <laughs> fight did. for it they at did. home, thirty-six to thirty-one. But SMU, as we've mentioned, really good football team. Yeah, I, if you were in, if if I went to that Rice game, if I was, I was in the. What, what are they in Dallas? They're in. Well, they're in Rice. Oh, Rice, Texas. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, if I was if I was at the game, um, I would have felt that that's a good game to walk home from. You know, like a good SMU team, like your rice, your rice owls aren't. They ain't no chumps this year. They ain't no chumps. And so that no, was no, they they absolutely have improved. They, JT Daniels was okay. I think he got hurt or he had to he had to come out. Uh, <laughs> J- I guess actually, Rice the Stadium is in Houston. It's oh, oh, yes, Houston. yes. So okay, go. cool. There you go. So yeah, so rice, yeah, rice. Uh, Played them tough. SMU's very good. Seven wins for SMU. Yeah. Nice season. Uh, the the year before, they go to the ACC, which absolutely blows my mind. I didn't even, I for, totally forgot about it. I, you, I, going to the ACC. I 100% forgot that was a thing, too. That's yeah. that's kind of yeah. that's kind of crazy and yeah. great, also. We're, yeah, we don't talk about the fact that Stanford and Cal are going to the ACC because no. I don't even think, not even, it's not even a thing to think about now, but SMU going to the ACC it's, basically for free because they have so much oil money. It's crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, now, the thing that I think we all thought wasn't going to happen. We all thought we didn't have to worry about. We went to sleep earlier this year without this shark floating around in our dreams. The Alabama Crimson Tide, 8-1 and one Alabama Crimson Tide, are right there. They have every possibility of being the team that stands at the end of the year with the trophy because they didn't like what they did against LSU and put up 42 points in a 42 to 28 game. Now LSU has a worse defense probably. Actually they do. They have a worse defense than USC. Wow. And so they get they get uh they don't get as much credit for being bad defensively. Um I think because people are kind of like, oh, well, we, we don't have to think about them anymore. But Alabama, I don't think I've ever seen an Alabama team in the 97th percentile in EPA per play in the last two or three seasons. But Jalen Monroe is that dude with a football in his hand. You let him run, he will kill you. His passing is functional. And even though Jaden Daniels is also a stud, Jalen Monroe is that dude. Uh, look, I that's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to roll that back a bit. Like, cause I, I saw the kid throw the ball and it's duckworthy a lot of the time. Like No no no, you look he's throwing but, but you've gotta remember, he's a ball. freshman. Uh, look, okay, I I'm not I, I we can give him we can give him his appropriate pass. Cause you're right, he's great running the ball. He he is 
dangerous. Yeah. He's very dangerous. Tim Tebow's won, won two national championships. It's, it's true. You don't think Jalen Monroe can't do it, Tim Tebow? He absolutely can't because running the football, he is that dude. It's very true. And this is that he's the type of dude that is ki- that has beaten Alabama in the past. Like he's that, Yo, that yeah. oh, he's yeah. that type of quarterback that has done. So so you're you're not wrong. And the only thing I can knock him for is his Tebow like throws. Um and, yeah, and that's, throw, and his, some of his win. passing is not great. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. matter if you win. And he's but he's better. He he's improved to the point where he is already Tebow level now. Right, right. And, and, and he's improved to the point where he's not gonna he's not gonna eliminate them from being able to to play and and they don't have the kind of wide receivers that they had before either. That's true. So it's not like the offense is great. He's kind of been the offense. That's true. That's true. And he's he's getting some things figured out. And Saban is being Saban, man. We thought we thought this was a shaky Alabama, and it still probably is. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a, a stereotypical Alabama. Might not be but, anymore, but, but it has been. Exactly, it has exactly. at least previously. Been. And so they got they got Kentucky. Then they have UTC, which is just some school. I bet they're a high school. I don't even know. And then and then they have. <laughs> Have, UT and, Chattanooga. Oh, there we go. It's Chattanooga. That's ridiculous. Um, and then they and then they play the Iron Bowl to finish off the season. So right. that's and they're currently leading, you know, the West and the SEC. They could go into yeah, the they're SC, fine. they could go to the SEC championship, beat Georgia, and all of a sudden, son of a bitch, Saban's back at it again. Which so yeah, look, I, I, look, that's consistency. It, not too. only not only is that possible, I think that it's. Closer to likely I, than unlikely. I think so too. That's where we are I already. Think so too. Like, yeah, there we're right? we're to the point now where where Georgia has not done anything enough for me to think that Saban just because he's Saban and and Kirby Smart is previously was a Saban guy that Saban just doesn't go and right he was a previous Saban guy right. Yes. Yeah, and Saban doesn't lose to previous Saban guys a lot. It basically, no. it basically no. never happens. So he could go in yeah. and do what he's do whatever he wants to do and get himself right back in the CFP like he always does. So, look, man, Saban is Saban is that really what we should have said is Saban is that dude, like, and he right. continues look, to be that dude. They figured it out, and and here's the trick: Georgia hasn't had to put up a great game. They just haven't had to, right? So Alabama, just in the process of progressing and improving, has just just looks like they're getting better, where Georgia hasn't had to. Right. So we might give Georgia a little bit less credit than they deserve because they've just had to coast. Like Michigan is kind of getting. Right. And they're playing For bad sure. teams, and they're just stomping them out. They're doing exactly what they need to. Georgia isn't doing that because Georgia's just maybe not on that level offensively. Um, and the the talent that they're playing is better, yeah. which is probably in a general sense. So, yeah. uh, but Alabama, I tell you what, Monroe can can run for one fifty and three touchdowns and beat any team in the SEC. That's so, true. It's dangerous. Saban it's Saban with a, with anything offensive is dangerous, man. Yep, agreed. Uh, NC State gets their sixth win at home against Miami. Miami is having an underachieving year. Uh, NC State probably salvaged their season and looking pretty decent. Both of these teams are going in a different direction. And are probably Miami is not happy about their direction. I think NCAA State's probably pretty happy about their direction. Yeah, it's unf- yeah. I mean, I've talked to him about it quite a lot. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Tyler Van Dyke and and I like Cristobal too. And so I was hoping for. A lot more out of this Miami team, but uh, you know, to give them at least some some bit of I don't know, like asterisk here. Like the the ACC has been good. Like the ACC is is pretty deep, right? C- currently, Miami is is ahead of Clemson 
in the conference sure. and, and they're both like in the middle of the pack and and so are yeah, middle bottom middle bottom yeah. yeah and then and then the top 6 teams 7 teams uh no maybe maybe even 8 are are all better than them and so the look Miami is unfortunate just cuz I'm I'm a fan of of what they got going on I was hoping they were going to be better but look I mean, the ACC is no you can't you got to come you got to come correct or you're going to get beat and that's what NC that's yeah. what NC state did mm. that's right uh, let's see. Oregon State beats Colorado on the road, twenty-six to nineteen. Uh, Colorado made the weird move of, of sitting their offensive coordinator and letting stupid Pat Shermer be their offensive coordinator. And surprise, I mean, it's not it's not his fault necessarily. That the offense is so bad that the offensive line just they weren't even so bad. But the offensive line is a problem. Yeah. And until they fix that problem, uh, Colorado is not going to go anywhere. But but their offensive coordinator was one of the, Sean Lewis was like one of the stars of what they did so far. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. It's crazy. I hope this isn't. I hope this isn't a Dion ego thing. That's the kind of thing that's going to derail them so early, because you don't want to. If you screw that up, if you screw up your OC situation going into next year, it doesn't matter how much you improve. You don't have a good play caller. So. Lots of people said, we, what, what's going to happen when Dion loses three games in a row? What's going to happen when he doesn't have the best talent over there? He's making some decisions. He just, he just better be careful before this all of a sudden turns into a bigger thing. Yeah, I, it, yeah, things, things can get uh, a little out of hand, and maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe Dion. Hopefully, it's not a Dion Eagle thing. I think, I think in his coaching career thus far, he's. He is he's prime. He's always going to be prime. There's no there's he's never sure. we're never going to not get that. But I he has shown his he has shown uh, I guess for lack of a better term wisdom um, in his coaching in his short coaching tenure to be able to make the decisions that are going to benefit his team. And so hopefully that's what he's doing. Um, and it's not just getting he's not just sad that that people aren't talking about him anymore and he's trying to ruffle things up. I mean look Oregon State's a great team so like this is what was going to happen. Yeah you're right about sure. the, oh, yeah. the, the coaching situation is weird. But yeah but to your point like it's it could very easily be be oh my gosh now prime is the worst thing for colorado and they're they're perfectly fine but look already they have four wins they didn't they they couldn't even have sniffed four wins prior to prime oh, yeah look. so look they're having yeah. an okay team one pack 12 win like it's something that they're doing and and the hype also mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here i hear more from Dabo than i do prime at this time which i guess i can say is a win in some way or another, but the, the, I think he's he's kind of. It seems like he's kind of shutting up and going to work, and hopefully that's what's happening in the background. Look, here's the real deal: the Big Twelve next year is two thirds the Pac-12 this year, so they're gonna have an easier easier in general to work with when they move yeah, next year. Totally. So I mean, obviously they're bringing some Pac-12 teams with them, but it's not gonna be the same. No. Um, he just can't make. He just can't step in it because you step in it and you do it wrong. All of a sudden, it's gonna look bad, and he's gonna try to parachute bail, and it's just gonna look ugly. Is so. is the is the the young Sanders? Is he what what grade is he? Shadur is a junior. Okay, so he's, he's still potentially got. He's still got some time. 
um, there. Yes, he could. Yeah, I think he could still come back. Nice. All right. Well, you know that helps. Yeah. And if they do anything, if they just get some offensive, because the stat I can't. My somebody was my 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 friend Matt was telling me some crazy stat about how many times Shador gets sacked. It's just crazy, and a lot of it is the offensive line. But then there's also some some stuff of him just doing some weird randomness. But if they can button up, if they can get their offensive line figured out going into next year, you know, at least at a greater level, like they're you know they're going to be a dangerous team that could be rolling into bowl you know bowl eligibility yeah. for sure the other problem that they have is they're currently like they're currently like in the 60s or 70s in recruiting they have like three three stars and a couple two stars yeah. the recruiting trail hasn't gone great like like i i think that having a pl- person like Deion sanders can really change college football but he's still got to do the fundamental things right and he hasn't had to yet right and so that's what I'm worried about yeah. is when he gets to the like he never won a celebration ball, which is basically the is basically the black champion black college championship game in uh, the FCS. He never won one of those. Like he wasn't he didn't do everything. Yeah. So he's just got to remember uh, that you you still got to build. You still have to have a foundation. Mm-hmm. You make these transfers and get all this talent and win some games. But eventually. You've got, to, you've got to make Colorado good over a long period of time, and I'm just... Yeah. You, otherwise, uh, you're right. going to be looking like Jimbo. It, yes, and yes. Texas and again, it, it, you could coast that way in the new Big 12 and probably be fine, but, like, TCU's having a down year. That may not last forever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, BYU might be up or down. Like, there's some stuff happening. It's not going to be a gimme. But they certainly are in a better situation when they move than being in the Pac-12. That's true, yeah. Uh, Fresno probably finishes Boise's uh, conference hopes at home 37-30. to 30. Fresno game. is 8-1, and 4-1 in the Mountain West. Probably now the team to beat in the conference, I would think. Yeah. Um, I guess I shouldn't probably take it away from Air Force. Six turnovers in one game uh, makes you look worse than maybe you are. But uh, Fresno is at least doing their job. Yeah, I th- the yeah I th- Fresno is is you know I, I I think Air Force if Air Force gets to play their game, which Army was able to to take them out of it because they effectively played the opposite version of that game. Um, that right. Air Force you know Air Force got a little bit immobilized, but maybe it was just the you know it's the it's the Spider Man meme and can Spider Man beat Spider Man? Maybe not, but but sure. Spider Man can beat sure. you know Spider Man can beat the Hulk in a different scenario, and maybe that's what we have. With with Fresno State, so like, um, it's yeah. We shouldn't. I, I I think it's premature to say Air Force is now, but if they are, um, then this Fresno team is 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 good. Like they're playing exactly the way that they've wanted to all year. Eight one overall, four and one in the conference. And look, Mikey Keene, um, we talked to him about quite a few times. Fresno State's the team I've been watching in the Mountain West, um, and Mikey Keene has been he's been good in the backfield for them they got a guy he's not gonna he's not gonna be breaking records he's not gonna be killing everybody but he's going to help he's gonna always help his team get towards a win um he had 290 yards passing went 24 for 38 touchdown and interception got sacked once um so he was he was there um, had five points of epa um, and then uh, Malik Sherrod, their running back, had 21 carries for 132 yards and a touchdown. So they their offense is, you know, I think when, when it's really gelling, like they're going to be tough to beat for anybody in the Mountain West. Um, Air Force is going to definitely have a game, and UNLV put potentially good. And the fact that this game was as close as it was um, through this game, even though, even though, boy, if you're looking at the win probability chart, it's basically all Fresno the whole time. But Boise State, I watched sure. a lot of this game, and Boise State was, they weren't, 
they, they didn't they weren't looking like schlubs um, either throughout. So I think it was um, it's it's a good win for Fresno State. Shows really really allows them to pound their chest and say we're really good at what we do. Um, uh, but yeah, the, however the Mountain West end of the year is going to shake out, it's going to be awesome. The championship game, however it is, is going to be great. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Arizona gets their sixth win at home, pretty much being very much better than UCLA all the way around. Uh, that uh, Fafita kid can play at Arizona. Oh, man, he can uh, play. An interesting, fun guy. And UCLA just kind of does a UCLA at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. I love I loved Chip Kelly, but he's just he, – I think this may be – this, you know, this might be the top – for what we're going to see for UCLA, like, go, you know, in this Chip Kelly era. Like, I just don't. I'm sure that they're happy to be getting ranked, you know, having – I'm sure that there's uh, a couple more fans that, that roll over to the Rose Bowl to watch them play, and I'm sure they're excited about that because normally it's just uh, – they're just the little brother to USC. So I'm sure that this – it's, you know, being able to be bowl eligible at this place and inside of a Pac-12, that's that's not easy. Um, this Arizona team being uh, a real showing of that, like um, I, I hope that I hope that UCLA is not trying to trying to burn everything down already. But also, if they said if I heard tomorrow Chip Kelly is going to get fired and they're going to look for somebody else, I could understand because the UCLA's got that money yeah. and they're moving to the Big Ten um, as well. Sure, and that changes things a little bit. So I, I I don't know I don't know how many more of this these type of seasons if any more at all it, does chip kelly really have before ucla has got to make some decisions or at least they want to yeah or they might this might be fine and keep, keep them ranked and you know get eight or nine wins every year you could live with that too yeah that's true and um, and, and historically yeah. ucla kind of is in that realm and maybe that's how they that, exactly. maybe that's how they feel about it but it's also ucla yeah. i mean you just us saying ucla it's one of the biggest it's you know it's one of the most well known college yeah, brand brands yeah all over so you know they could they could turn themselves into I think what they'd hoped by getting Kelly was that they were going to turn into the two thousands Oregon situation um, I I think that that's what they were that's what that was the best scenario for them and and honestly UCLA is is uh, uh, you know they could be who's a good example they they could get this, they could put together a contract for a guy like like Michigan did with with Harbaugh that may be the best example they could put together the type of money the type of deal say you're going to be in the Rose Bowl bring us back to prominence let's do this thing we're in the Big 10 like let's do this thing like somebody could take that job i mean it's a luxurious job to say the least for sure yeah yeah uh all right let's uh do a quick rundown of week 11 and uh, then we'll close it out. Um, we start with Thursday uh, games. There's two Thursday games that just have some note. Louisville is a big favorite, 20 and a half points, home against Virginia. SMU is a 17 point favorite, at home against North Texas. Uh, and UNLV uh, is a five and a half point favorite, at home against Wyoming. That's your Thursday, Friday games of import. Anything you want to talk about with those games? No, it's going to be. I'm, yeah, I'm happy. Just uh, I'm happy to have them on, but there's nothing, you know, nothing yeah. super reputable. Yeah, I think that UNLV Wyoming game will be interesting. It still matters a lot. It does. It does. That, um, will, that actually will be a fun. Yeah. Ooh, that'll be a fun watch. Yep. Alabama at Kentucky. Alabama is a ten and a half point favorite on Saturday. Uh, Clemson is a 14-point favorite at home against Georgia Tech. A really interesting game for both teams. That's a bull eligibility game, as well as Maryland at Nebraska, where Nebraska is a two-point favorite, or Maryland's a two-point favorite on the road uh, against Nebraska. 
those games lead into probably the game, at least of the early day, if not the game of the day. Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Penn State. Yeah, this is going to be great. I, I love when... I think I think morning high-ranked games are my favorite time for a big game. I like a morning-ranked college for like big-time game more than I think I like a, like a nighttime game. It just has some I don't know what it mm. is. It just feels feels bigger and stuff. And look, Beaver Stadium is going to be rocking. They I I don't know yeah. if they're going to be a whiteout game, but look, it's not. If we find out what Michigan is, and and sim, I think if Michigan, somebody who's a friend of mine who's a big Texas fan, he said when they well, mm-hmm. prior to the Kansas State game that if they will beat by Kansas State by anything, they'll be happy and they'll be good. I think Michigan can if you just beat Penn State, um, you you get all the cachet, you get all the stuff for doing it, even if it's a three point win. Um, I don't think it's going to be sketchy at all for them, like for anybody to say Michigan isn't isn't that. I don't think Penn State's offense has got it in them. I think. Michigan rolls, no. and I think they probably I, win I, by I, twelve points or something. Uh, but it doesn't. I think yeah, as long they as they get the dub, that that's easy. all that matters. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah, they should win that game without too much trouble. I, I would guess. I, would I don't guess know that Penn State's great, but uh, all right. Tulane is a twenty-three point favorite at home against Tulsa. Kansas is a three and a half point favorite at home against Texas Tech. Uh, those are kind of some big ones. Early Liberty uh, plays Old Dominion at home. They're a thirteen and a half point favorite. Georgia State at home against App State is a two-point favorite. Arizona is a ten-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Colorado. Uh, Memphis is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Charlotte. Uh, Troy is a twenty-one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against UL Monroe. Those are just some interesting ones to note in the kind of the first. Oh, actually, let's let me finish the one p.m. hour by James Madison is a twenty-four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against UConn. Uh, and they they might they might cover that actually I, that seems reasonable. I was gonna say the um, uh, the Liberty game being ten. I think that mm-hmm. I think that that's covers. I think Liberty's kid definitely has that. And then of course I cannot remember, but I like James Madison to cover that too because UConn is bad and James Madison is very good and it's in Virginia. It's gonna yeah. be tough for UConn to get that one. Oh oh, the other yep. one I like. Okay. I think Arizona. I think Arizona could have. I'm seeing the line at the line on ESPN is ten and a half. Um, yep, ten and a half, maybe just if it was ten, I would love it. Um, ten and a half might be just too much, but I think Arizona can win this game by could win this game by two touchdowns. Um, just because I'd def- probably take Arizona at sixteen. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I think Arizona probably does great. Yeah, their defense, their defense is going to be a lot for this off for the offensive line handle. So Shooter is going to be in pain, and then like mm-hmm. we talked about the quarterback for Arizona, man, he's gonna he's gonna game. So like ten and a half points is doable for sure. Yeah, yeah agreed. Uh, let's see, Kansas State's a twenty and a half point favorite at home against Baylor. Uh, Florida State's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Miami. Um, let's see. Oklahoma State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against UCF. That's an interesting line there. That is interesting. Uh, Iowa is a one-point favorite at home against Rutgers, and the over-under is 28 points, the lowest <laughs> I think I've ever seen. That's awesome. It might still go under. Yeah, might still go under. Uh, Tennessee still has a small outside chance for the East SEC East because they play Georgia head to head. But first, they got to beat Missouri on the road. They're a two point favorite on the road against Missouri. Right, look, uh, I I don't really have an, you know like an investment in either of these teams. I'm excited. This is a this is a, a, an SEC game that I'm excited for. 
uh, this year. Hopefully it'll be a little, hopefully it'll be tight and probably be a good game. I don't really care who wins. I think I like Mizzou a little bit more this year just, mm-hmm. just because of my own bias because I like to say Mizzou. Um, but but I don't really care. I hope it's just tight, you know. And Tennessee being a one point favorite, like that's doable. I'd say every, really this game is a pick 'em. I'd say you know whoever you really believe in. If you think Mizzou's got it, then then bet that way. And I think you'll 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 be in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. If you pick the winner, you'll be fine. Uh, you can still probably take the under in Rutgers Iowa, even though it's twenty eight. Yes, you probably you legitimately could. Yeah. Uh, Texas State and Coastal Carolina in a battle of six and three teams. Texas State is a one and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, Utah, Washington. Utah has covered the last four games against Washington. Uh, Washington's a nine and a half point favorite at home. We've kind of talked this one through, but uh, it's good to note uh, what's going on there. Uh, let's see. Um, some games not worth note, but probably worth watching, like Washington State at Cal will be interesting. Washington State's kind of fallen off. Arkansas State at USA if you just need some 3 to 4 p.m. games. Uh, Oregon State's a 20-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Sanford. Uh, Georgia Southern's a 2-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Marshall. Oh, we go to the Ole Miss-Georgia game. Ah, yes. I was like, there's another game that I wanted to mention. Uh, Georgia's a 10-and-a-half-point favorite at home. They should win. It should be fine. But woe be the world if Ole Miss wins. Uh, Yeah, it would be. It's going to genuinely bum me out. Uh, and also, ten points seems. I will say though, I say I, I said I'll be bummed out. It, it, I will because fuck Lane Kiffin. But also, like ten points seems like a lot, even for Georgia. I mean, they're still. Um, I mean, after the Mizzou win, I think they they probably got it in them. Um, I think Ole Miss is yeah. better than Mizzou, but but ten points does seem like a lot. I could see that game being like Georgia just winning by Georgia having it the whole time, but only winning by seven, um, just because Ole Miss right. just can't figure it out. But Jackson Dart is dangerous enough. That like sure. that Ole Miss could get something done. Unfortunately, as yeah. that may be, unfortunate as that may be. Jackson Dart, both Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin, dangerous enough. Uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Oklahoma is a thirteen-point favorite at home against West Virginia. LSU is a thirteen and a half-point favorite at home against Florida. Ohio State's a thirty-one and a half-point favorite at home against Michigan State. Uh, UTSA faces Rice. They're a 14.5-point favorite, but as I always say, don't sleep on Rice. Texas is only a 10-point favorite on the road against TCU. That's an interesting line uh, of note. Uh, North Carolina's a 14.5-point favorite at home against Duke. UCLA is an 18-point favorite at home against Arizona State. Uh, Fresno is a pick'em game. On the road at San Jose State. Oh, and it's a pick'em game. And, I'm, and on the ESPN, on ESPN right now, it's uh, San Jose is actually up by is actually minus one. So that is that's Vegas, super interesting. Vegas knows something, which is that's crazy. So this game could be very interesting for uh, for reasons I, I do not understand. But hey, I look, do not understand it Vegas, either. Vegas, yeah, don't understand it either. When I see craziness like that, Vegas usually it goes, yeah, that's what we said was going to happen. That's what happened. So it could happen to be a crazy, unfortunate loss for Fresno State in a, in a game they don't really have to travel incredibly far for against the San Jose team. That offense, the offense is good. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good offense for, for what they are as an overall team. But I, I feel like Mikey Keene and them are going to do it. I think I, honestly, I think I got to just bet on this just for principle, just because I believe in Fresno State. Yeah. Like, this seems a little crazy. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I think Fresno by seven or ten almost. If not more. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it, and that makes me worried. Yeah, so. right. 
Uh, Oregon is a 15-point favorite at home against USC. Air Force is a 19-point favorite on the road against Hawaii to end the day. Yeah, Oregon, 15 po- only 15 points against USC is possible. I, th- I think they're just putting in, Vegas put in the, here's the Caleb Williams factor, and so it's just going to be more Look, shootout. it's a 73.5 over-under, so they just think <laughs> there's going to be scoring like crazy, sure. and that's what's going to be. Yeah, well, that's and that's okay. I mean, look, they, Washington USC was 100 points, so here we are. Yep. All right, that's it. We did it. Well, we're getting to the home stretch. Uh, lots of still interesting games to go. Sad, uh, getting sad that the season is starting to end. It just, it just goes so quickly. Yeah, but, it really does. Um, it's super interesting. The end of the season is going to be super interesting. Yeah, this has been a this has been a year of years, man. It's been one of those we don't even though Saban is still just trying to save his way into a national championship, which he could do. Um, we're we're really getting a very interesting mix at the top. Florida State is is around and very dangerous and. And what happens in the Pac-12 situation is crazy. Find out what Michigan's going to be like this weekend. Hell of, a, hell of a week we got coming up. I'm excited about the end of the season, even though I'm sad that it's coming. All right, folks. We will uh, get out of here.